This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 47 of a Clean Skate podcast. We had ourselves a bit of a depressing week here, folks. Uh, not going to lie, the Dallas Stars came out and have just crapped the bed as of late. So I think we should just get right into it so uh, I can get this last couple games off my chest because, man, oh, man, were they stinkers. After coming off of a disappointing, you know, a good game against Edmonton, a couple of morale victories, but losses on the score sheet, we come into a home-and-home home with divisional rivals, the Nashville Predators. We play the first game in Nashville on Thursday. We've got Anton Hudobin starting again in this one versus UC Saros. And if we start off the game really strong, the Stars control the opening 10 minutes and... Uh, they get a lot of good zone time. They're not getting too many shots through. The the uh, the Predators are doing a good job, you know, holding to the outside, blocking shots. But, you know, they're, they're holding zone time, at least, and getting their opportunities. Saros even robs Jamie Benn twice from in front. He gets a puck and sort of sweeps it on net. Saros is down and able to stop it. But then as the period progressed, the Predators began to slowly control the closing 10 minutes of the first period. And even though the Saros had been playing well in that first period Philip Forsberg scores his 19th of the season on the power play which is 52.3 seconds left in the first period if this is Forsberg's first goal in 17 games he has not had a great season it is Yossi up high at the point he passes it down to Forsberg who is at the right circle he then just walks in and fires not really through a screen and it just squeaks through the blocker of Anton Hudobin this is definitely a softy that Hudobin would for sure want back and the stars take a one nothing deficit into the first intermission the shots are 11 to 10 for the stars after that first period again like i said they played well in that opening first period just not just not it's just a, a soft one that goes by hudobin and the stars are behind the eight ball and unfortunately the second period only gets worse the stars are trying to force a lot of pucks through the middle they are having a lot of turnovers and that is leading to the predators just counter after counter after counter it starts starts to seem in the second period that the predators are coming in waves they have probably their best one of their best opportunities of the game shorthanded nick menino alone in front hudobin is able to stop him and then again on the power play matt duchene scores his 13th of the season with just 616 left in the second period it's dug out of the corner back to yossi at the point over to arvidson arvidson throws a cross seam pass to Yarncroak, who fires a shot high on net. Duchesne cruising around in front, in front, gets the deflection below the crossbar 
it deflects down between Hudobin. There's nothing Hudobin can do on that gnarly of a deflection. And now the stars are down to after that, the momentum was all predators. They really, really ran the second period here. Hudobin keeping these stars within punching distance. And the shots at the end of the second period are 24 to 23. The predators leading by two. We head into the third period with a big pushback. I'm definitely sure that Coach Bonus went into the locker room in that intermission and was not pleased with his players. So the Stars came out with a much better period in the third period. They are getting pushes, but, you know, the the Predators are also getting their chances. They're pushing for offense, and that is leading to the Predators also getting their own opportunities. Saros, however, is quite strong early when the Stars are on their power play, and the Stars are unable to beat Saros, and the Predators win this one 2-0. These shots are 33-32 to 32 for the Stars, and this was a big special teams one. The, the Stars went 0-4 on the power play. Um, Coach Bonus was not pleased at all. He was talking about a lot of, you know, they're going for the pass. Sometimes you just got to put the puck on net, shoot the puck because we're, we're just trying to pass it around. And then the penalty kill only goes two for four. So this was all with this was a game won and lost on special teams. Dropped to 37, 22, and 8. A shutout to Nashville does not get a happy sound. Fortunately, the boys had the opportunity to bounce back a few nights later on Saturday. This time at home, they are able to hopefully take it to the Predators after a embarrassing 2-0 loss to Nashville. The Nashville Predators go back to UC Saros in this one. He has an incredible record against the Stars in his career. He is 5-0-1 going against the Stars coming into this game with one shutout, the one he just got. The Stars this time going to switch it up with Ben Bishop in net. Alexander Radulov was also out with an illness. He will hopefully be back in for the next game. So Justin Dowling drawing back in for the first time in a while. And Roman Polak coming back in instead of Steven Johns. And unfortunately, right from puck drop, Nashville is all over the Stars in the early minutes. They hit two posts, one on the first play of the game, and then one just a few minutes later. But the Stars do get a huge block from Tyler Sagan on Roman Yossi. It is one of those plays where you see him just take it. He's hobbled. He gets up. He sticks it out. He, he grits through the pain, and he gets back out there and plays his next shift is one of those things where you see maybe he's not having a great season offensively, but he still is going out there and trying and doing what is necessary, what it takes to win. And that's important from the leaders on this team. So it's good to see Sagan do that. The Stars are generating a lot more chances in the first period than they did last game. Unfortunately, they are a lot of one and dones. They are coming down on net. They are shooting. There's a rebound that they're not getting to, or they are shooting and Saros is just swallowing everything. They go into the first intermission, tied 0-0. The Stars outshooting the Predators 9-7 after that first period. Then in the second, UC Saro starts to come up big for the Predators. He stops Pavelski on a 2-on-1. Ben Bishop gets a little lucky. A puck from the point actually sneaks through him. He has to like whip around and cover it as it's rolling towards the post. And then Bishop is huge as well on a three on one. He stones Philip Forsberg from almost the same spot that he scored on Hudobin last game from. But then on the power play, once again, Ryan Ellis scores his eighth goal of the season. 
10-29 through the second period. It's a good zone entry that is then shot back to the point, a shot on net that is tipped wide over to the right half boards. Ryan Ellis just skates up to it and throws it on net. It goes past a Esselindell who is screening his own goalie, Bishop Hard. It hits Bishop in the arm and goes in, and Bishop was not pleased with this one at all. The puck goes in, he stared down Lindell, he threw his arms up in frustration, and that's one of those ones where, you know, Lindell obviously wasn't trying to screen his goaltender, but it's just unfortunate placement, and even in the postgame, Bishop seemed a little bit frustrated, like, he wasn't mad at Lindell, he didn't throw him under the bus or anything like that, but he was like, you know, it's a fluky goal, like, he knows that, like, if he sees that one, that's an easy save for him every day. His team hasn't been really scoring a lot of goals recently, so, you know, one goal might be the difference. And spoiler alert, it is in this one. The Stars are still generating chances to try and come back, but they are not getting any second chances, as I said. Corey Perry draws a power play for a cross-check from Roman Yossi near the end of the second period. Yossi, we have come to find out today that the league has fined him for that and it's one of those plays where like yeah it was a hard cross check and definitely penalty worthy but you're gonna find him too because i feel like there are a lot of other plays that could be findable that don't get fined and you know it's that consistency that a lot of people have been complaining about this season in nhl officiating is that lack of consistency in what it's a suspension what gets fined what can you do what's a penalty what's not and so there's it's like one of those plays where hey man yeah yossi had to spend you know got fined two thousand dollars or whatever the amount was it's not nothing anything big it's pocket change to these guys so why does you know fines matter and and why is that even getting fined so th that's my mini rant for that one these stars go into the third period out shooting the predators again 23 to 18 after two again they go into the third period strong good scoring chances but no second chances Saros is going to stop that first shot every time, it seems. Even in the final two minutes, John Klingberg flings a puck from the point on net. It glances off the crossbar, and that's just the way things go. And the Stars got shut out on a home and home with the National Predators. UC Saros shuts the Stars out back-to-back -back as well. I saw a crazy stat in this one that the Stars have not scored a five-on-five -five goal since February 29th. They've gone 211 minutes without scoring a five-on-five -five goal, and it, that is just the name of how the Stars season has gone. They are struggling to score goals, even with the addition of the players that they did. The thing that frustrates me is they go 0 for 2 on the power play and the Predators go 1 for 2 on the power play. And again, this is one where you lose one nothing to the Predators because they can score one power play goal and we can't on two opportunities. One of the reasons we got Pavelski was to be good at power plays, to make our power play even more lethal because it was, to be honest, pretty decent last season. So it's just frustrating to watch. And the Stars slide into a five-game losing streak. Their record, dro their record dropping to 37 23 and 8. Hey guys, I just want to pop in and talk about my friends at Southern Scholar. Southern Scholar is a hockey player owned menswear company based in Dallas. In fact, their founder still plays hockey several times a week in the local beer leagues in Dallas. They're a menswear company whose primary focus is providing you with a better dress sock option through their monthly subscription or their shop. Simply put, Southern Scholar makes the best dress socks in the world, seriously. Crafted with their one-of-a-kind signature material blend and designed with classic color palettes and timeless patterns, their socks are built specifically to stay in place throughout your workday and add a subtle, sophisticated twist to your everyday attire. 
Included with each pair is their signature style card containing tips, tricks, and styling recommendations to help you best pair your socks to get the most out of your look every time. Southern Scholar brings you a unique yet professional dress sock which can be worn in the most prestigious of environments. Their socks have the perfect combination of stretch, softness, and breathability, providing a true mid-calf fit that stays in place throughout your entire workday. You can join their monthly sock club and enjoy all your member benefits like lower prices, exclusive sales, and access to their member shop, or you'd shop their collection without a subscription. Either way, you'll be saving money using code THPN. That's THPN like the Hockey Podcast Network. And guys, I just want to say I have a couple pairs of these and man, they look so good. And then you just put them on. They're engineered to form fit your foot and leg and to stay up on your calf all day. So if you're wearing dress pants, you don't have to worry about reaching down to pull up your socks because they've started to scooch down and they feel uncomfortable. These things fit well. They look amazing. And I hope you guys enjoy them as much as I have. And that brings us to this week's player profile, you will notice or maybe notice the lack thereof the player poll on Twitter this week for this one. I'm running out of players to do a poll on. So this week I decided to just go ahead and do it on a guy that's no longer technically on the roster. He's playing in the AHL, but he's played 11 games for the Stars this season. So I think he deserved a player profile as much as anyone. And that person is our Finnish winger, Joel Kiviranta. So without any further ado, this week's player profile on Kiviranta. Kiviranta is listed as a left winger and a right winger on elite prospects, but for most of his professional career and while he played for the Dallas Stars this season, he has been deployed as a left winger. He was born on March 23rd, 1996, making him 23 years old in Vanta, Finland. He is 5'10", 163 pounds and shoots left. He's one of the smaller guys, but that just means he's got a little bit more speed behind him. He joined the Joker U16 Junior program in 2010 at age 30. He then played four seasons in the Joker Junior program, even making his debut for Joker in the Liga debut on November 12th. 2013, but he only played one game. During his time with the Joker U16 Junior Program, he competed in all of the Finnish underage international tournaments from 2012 to 2014. The 2014-15 season, he then transferred to Vasen Sport to play in the Premier League in Finland. Sadly, he went undrafted in the NHL, and then he then went on to play five full seasons in Liga with Sport, only making the playoffs once. On June 1st, 2019, he used his NHL out clause that a lot of European players have that allow them to get out of their contracts if they are able to get a NHL deal. So he utilized that clause and signed a $925,000 two-year entry-level contract with the Stars. He won gold at the World Championship with Finland in 2019. 
He has played 11 games, like I said, with the Stars this season. He has one goal and zero assists for one point. But in the AHL, he has four, in 47 games played, he has 12 goals, 11 assists, and 23 points, which is actually pretty good, considering he is getting used to playing on the smaller North American ice surface, as well as a little bit more physical style as well. So who knows? He could work out to be a good bottom six winger for us in the future. He has a couple of medals decorating his shelf. He has a 2012 silver from the Holinka Gretzky Cup. In 2013, he won bronze at the Under-18 World Championship. And then, as I said, in 2019, he won a gold with Finland in the World Championships. That is going to do it for this week's player profile. Uh, like I said, I'm getting to the bottom of the barrel here for these, so I might be able to do, I think I have two more assistant coaches I could do. Maybe I'll do the GM, maybe I'll do the owner, but after that, I probably won't have many more of these player profiles, so I will put it up to a vote, see what I can do to, you know, put in its spot as well. Maybe I'll do some playoff talks or, or potential playoff matchups. Maybe I'll do some more analytics. Who really knows what I'm going to do at this point? But I hope you guys enjoyed this week's player profile. That bell brings us to this week's round of NHL news. There were some big headlines from this week. The Florida Panthers retired Roberto Luongo's number one jersey. That was really cool to see. No one is ever going to wear number one again in Florida. And I don't think anyone is going to live up to what he did for the Florida Panthers organization. And, you know, I just love seeing him. He's such a good follow on Twitter. He's such a funny guy. And I, I would not be surprised to see him get into the media side of the business. On to a little bit more somber note. This Friday, unfortunately, the hockey world was shocked with the passing of Henri Richard from the Montreal Canadiens. He was the younger brother of the famous Maurice the Rocket Richard. He won 11 Stanley Cups with the Montreal Canadiens, and he passed away at 84. So uh, our deepest sympathies and condolences here from the Hockey Podcast Network and myself and hockey fans around the world to the Richard family and the game of hockey. Today on the day I am recording this, which is Sunday, is International Women's Day. They're doing the first ever all-women's broadcast team, play-by-play, -play, analyst, inside game host, and all that stuff this Sunday versus the Vegas Golden Knights and Calgary Flames, which is awesome to hear. And I think this is a good time to give a shout-out to a very important woman in my life who, without her, I would not be where I am today, which is my mom. You know, she has helped me out a lot. She's really taught me as a person. And, you know, all those early morning trips to the hockey rink, you know, having to lace up my skates before I could do it, helping me take my stick and get into all my hockey gear, you know, giving me the opportunity to even play hockey and making sure I was at all the practices, everywhere I need to be, all the games, you know, bringing in snacks for after the game and organizing parties and everything. She has taught me a lot and I would not be where I am today without her. So everyone, I think you should go out and thank the special women in your lives for being there and supporting you as well. We have one upcoming game for next episode. It is this Tuesday. The Rangers come home and play the Stars. So hopefully the Stars are able to turn things around after this disappointing five game losing streak and get right back on the right path and gearing up for the playoffs. And that is going to do it for this episode from A Clean Skate Podcast. 
Um, some big news and announcements. We have launched the Ugly Sock Contest on Twitter. If you don't know what I'm talking about, the Hockey Podcast Network and Southern Scholar have teamed up to do a Ugly Sock Contest. So here's what's going to happen. On the Hockey Podcast Network's Twitter page, they have put up the contest. What you have to do is you have to take a picture of your ugliest socks. They can be either ugly as in their gag socks and like, you know, they've got some some weird cartoons on them or something like that. Or they can be ugly as in these are your playoff socks. They've got holes in them. They haven't been washed in 11 years. You're pretty sure someone died in them one time. Take a picture of those gnarly bad boys and post a picture in the comment section of the tweet posted by the Hockey Podcast Network. Then myself and the other podcasts that have partnered up with Southern Scholar are going to pick our favorite ugly socks. There will be four winners that will be announced on April 2nd. You guys will get March subscription box from Southern Scholar. I just got the February subscription box from Southern Scholar and they are just a gorgeous pair of socks. They're so comfortable, they're, they're super nice and they look classy and best part is they come with a little tip card on you know what to pair your outfit with so I don't look so bad. And I can actually rock the socks that they sent me because they are really nice. So I really suggest if you guys want a really nice high quality pair of socks, you guys get in on this contest and I wanna see all the ugly socks possible. Other than that, as always, you should follow this podcast on Twitter. That is at Clean Skate Pod. Hopefully I will do a, maybe I'll do a player poll on Twitter versus, you know, which of the assistant coaches you want to hear about next on next episode. And you should follow the Hockey Podcast Network to get in on, like I said, the Ugly Sock Contest, as well as any other cool contests that other podcasts and the Podcast Network are hosting that is at hockey pod net and as always like i said sometimes i mention this sometimes i don't the hockey podcast network has a patreon that has a lot of fun other extra content you guys can see sometimes we'll do divisional around the horns and we'll play games and we got a lot of other cool stuff and it is only a dollar you'll get some hockey cards which is cool so be sure to go and subscribe to the hockey podcast network on patreon and as always i will talk to you cowpokes in the next one